0: Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, the strong and powerful Ashby Daniels. Ashby, are you ready to do this?
1: I feel like the right answer is come on. <laughs>
0: You know, it, it, it's taken the uh, people a long time to to, uh, to to answer that way, but yeah, it's that it's absolutely correct. Let's 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 do this. <laughs> Ashby is a CFP and a financial advisor and retirement planner with Shorebridge Wealth Management. I'm excited to have you on, Ashby. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do.
1: George, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me on today. Uh, Personally, I'm married with two boys living in Pittsburgh, PA, so a big Pittsburgh Pittsburgh sports fan, obviously. Uh, I doubt that's what most people want to hear about. Uh, Professionally, I'm a financial advisor, and I've chosen to dedicate myself to helping people in retirement. So as far as the why goes, I've seen so many people, even people that have saved more than enough money, that are beyond nervous to retire simply because they aren't sure what to do and how to do it. And so that paralysis a lot of times at least can lead to making some poor decisions that then can compound on top of one another. So that's what I do. That's why I do what I do professionally. And it's also why I started a blog where I, I try to shed some lights on shed some light, excuse me, on those types of decisions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, do you think it's just that there's so much information that's available today? Is that, is that part of it?
1: I think that's definitely part of it. Um, I mean, it's, we We kind of have an embarrassment of riches in terms of information that's out there, and frankly, a lot of it's not great information and as somebody who's not in the field professionally, who doesn't live, eat, and breathe this type of stuff, it can be very hard to to find out what's what's good quality information and, and what isn't uh so So I think that's definitely a big part of it absolutely
0: and then we'll kind of round that out a little bit, so you you were touching on this. Why, why is it that, that, that people are so fearful?
1: Well, I think that, you know, first of all, at least when it comes to retirement, if you think about it, you know, when you get to retirement, you have all the money you'll probably ever have to a degree. It, it's certainly at least a representation of the entirety of your working years. And so you feel it, it's almost like you want to put that portfolio into, into a bit of a cocoon and protect it with everything that you have. And that's not necessarily, if you think about it, you actually have for the average retiree who's retiring at even say 62, 65, you you have somewhere between 25 and 30 years left to go. And if you know anything about what happens in in a typical market over a 25 or or 30 year period, it's kind of not logical to go and protect that. And yet it's emotional and psychological that you feel a significant need to. And so I totally can understand that feeling and why somebody would have that, uh, kind of need or desire to, to make sure that they're protected in that regard. And so I, I think that it comes down to, you know, knowing that this is all they're ever going to have in a lot of cases. I mean, if it's done right, maybe you can even grow it, but a lot of people don't do it right. And so, you know, I'm, <laughs> that's, that's the whole message I'm trying to help spread.
0: Got it. I think that, that makes a lot of sense you know, you, you get to retirement age, you stop working. So this is really, I'm, unless I do decide to go back to work, which maybe I'm not interested in doing that, this is the money that I have. Obviously, I'll have Social Security coming in or or, or living off my savings, but but I'm not going to have the ability or I'm not going to be earning any new income. So I think that that certainly makes a lot of sense. All right. So for people who, who are, maybe in that position or they're looking at 10 years from now I'm going to be in that position. How do you coach people through the process?
1: Well, I think that retirement planning is a complex subject, but virtually any decision that somebody nearing retirement has to make and I think this is true even for people who are who are younger. You know, I don't know what the average age of your audience is, but I think this is true no matter what the subject is. Virtually any financial decision can be broken down into a simple framework that allows somebody to make a decision that works for them and their situation the key is finding a way to unlock an unbiased answer and that's what i'm passionate about doing is providing those frameworks that people can can use to help them find an answer in in my world particularly to retirement but but like i said this could be true across the board Um, you know i i kind of just as an example I, i look at the subject of annuities you know i i am not for what it's worth, I am not pro annuity or against annuity, but there are a lot of advisors, uh, or there at least there are advisors out there that place ads all over the internet about why they hated hate annuities. I'm sure anybody listening to this has seen those. At the very same time, there are advisors out there who do nothing, do nothing but peddle annuities to unsuspecting people, you know, kind of using fear tactics. In my opinion, both of those approaches are wrong. You know, there's there's nothing that's inherently wrong with annuities if and only if they are properly utilized, so they're a good fit for some people, but only for some people. And so this is important because some people have been scared away from a perfectly good way to provide, you know, a, a reliable income in in some cases. And on the other side, people have potentially wrecked any opportunity to have an income that maintains, you know, long-term purchasing power thanks to a greedy salesperson. So, like I said, I'm ne- neither pro annuity nor against annuities. They are just They are good when they are used properly, as is true about almost every financial topic. I only use annuities as an example because there's a very clear, uh, many people take such a black and white approach in looking at it. And as an industry, I think we have a lot of work to do there, and I think it starts with education. So, you know, it's it's my opinion that an educated client is a great client, so helping people to see the benefits and drawbacks of each decision is always a great place to start. So I don't know if that makes sense, but that's kind of, that's just one idea.
0: Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. But before we go any further, Ashby, there's there's no room for nuance. It's a binary, yes or no. Moving forward, <laughs> fair enough. Just just kidding, of course. Yes, uh, you know the. Inherently, any product or anything is neither good nor bad, right? Absolutely. In in the right hands, it could be an excellent tool, and in the wrong hands, it could be a really, really really terrible thing. So
1: that's a great way to put it, George.
0: And I think that certainly, I, I also know that you're an advocate for evidence evidence based investing, and that's again let's 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 judge the merits of an investment or a product based on what it does and if it's going to be applicable or appropriate for your situation.
1: Absolutely. I mean, every product out there it seems, you know, is is being sold. You know, if it requires a brochure, it's being sold. <laughs> sure. You know, I look at it as you know, look at what the data says. Look at how it fits within your financial plan rather than listening to the narrative-based story, which is either catering to greed or to fear. You know, look at what the data shows. The data, you know, the now Ironically, you know, there's a great book out there that says How to Lie with, with Statistics, I think is the, <laughs> the name of it. Um, so you can, make, you can make that data look, you know, be perceived in a way that, that works in your favor as, as the person wanting to buy it or sell it. But I think if you really look at what the evidence is, and the great thing is, is that I think this is because of the availability of information, you're seeing a lot of these walls come down which i'm excited about for one i think that you know looking out for the general public who isn't living eating and breathing this stuff is so important and so i think this availability of information and and certainly what you're doing one thing i love about what you do george particularly is you have a wide variety of guests you know that provide an array of perspectives and i think exposing people to all sides is a great thing. I think it's always great to challenge your thinking. I always try to read things that don't necessarily agree with the way that I see things because I think that's how you grow. I think that's how you educate yourself. You can either double down on your own perspectives or it encourages you to seek out a new perspective. And I think that what you're doing in particular is very unique by by giving people these wide variety of perspectives.
0: Well, I certainly appreciate that. And I think that that's, I think that, that is extremely valuable and, and people do need to, to challenge whatever their 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 thinking is on a certain topic because if your knee-jerk reaction is that XYZ is excellent or XYZ is bad, then you do need to step back and say, well, why do I really think that way and really apply a critical thinking lens to whatever the problem or the issue that you're thinking about is? And certainly when we're talking about retirement planning and making decisions, which some of them could be irrevocable, you do need to i think take a critical look at how you make those decisions because there's a ton of moving parts definitely wanted to get into that with you i mean generating income is i don't want to call it an art form but there's probably a lot of science behind it but then how does social security fit into it how do you take into consideration all the different healthcare elements to it
1: yeah i mean you know it's funny that you say that uh because I, I jokingly always say that people spend more time re- researching a new refrigerator than they do, you know, in a lot of cases, a retirement decision, right. uh, whether that's Social Security or, or something else. But it's like that Social Security decision is probably going to make a much bigger difference in your overall life than uh, than a new refrigerator. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, so so there's that going on. But, you know, I, th- I think it is – I think you're spot on that people really need to take the time and evaluate – It comes back to those frameworks, like I was telling you before about, you know, I look at, you know, in terms of retirement planning, and and I'm not going to cannibalize the tip that I have, but, you know, I think if you look at retirement planning and you say, all right, what are my starting with your expenses, what do you think your expenses are going to be in retirement? And really, and putting this down on paper, don't guess. I mean, you are guessing to a degree. To some extent, it is a guess but most people don't know what they spend today. So how, if you don't know what you spend today, how could you figure out what you're going to likely spend in the future? So starting with what you're going right. to what you're going what you spend today, you know, you can do some extrapolation extrapolation of that and you can figure out what expenses are going to stay, what expenses are going to be gone. And and then you are going to have to make some guesses to a degree on what expenses are going to be new to you. Certainly now you have six Saturdays and a Sunday. Right. What are you going to do to fill that time? So starting with your expenses, and then you know, take a look at what guaranteed sources of income you have coming in the door—Social Security. Some people are lucky; they still have a pension. Um, and then once you you know that either your expenses are met or they're not. So then, if they're not, then what do you do? And and that's and what do you do from there? There is no one right answer. Just like I've you know insinuated already, there isn't a right answer there. It is. There's there's different strategies that exist. All of which, well, not all of which, but most of which have merit. It depends on what you're comfortable with as, as an investor and as a as a person. Um, so so I'll leave that there. But you know, I think that having that framework and really, I think what most people miss is they don't ever put pen to paper, and I think that that is absolutely critical. If you have no matter how much money you have putting pen to paper is is absolutely critical to figuring out where you stand and and what your future might look like
0: yeah as 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 I was listening to you I I went back to this notion that it is incredibly complex and there are so many different things to think about and I think that those two things probably have a tendency to increase the amount of paralysis that that we experience because it's like, where do I start? How do I pick this thing up? There's so much. You know what? I'm I'm just gonna put this off till next month, till next year, when in reality, just starting with understanding what your expenses are, understanding what your cash flow is currently, and then guesstimating by putting pen to paper. Here are some of the things I'm probably going to be doing. Here's some of the things I'd like to be doing. Just starting with that framework, which doesn't require that—that—that that, that really doesn't require you to be an expert in how, how much money you have to have saved for healthcare or understanding how to generate portfolio income. That's just getting the fund, fundamentals down.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you're you're spot on. I think that just just getting an estimate of what your expected expenses are going to be, particularly as in my world, as it relates to retirement, and then directly offsetting those with the incomes you know are gonna come in the door and then figure out where you stand once you know that answer you are 90 percent of the way there the last 10 percent is figuring out how do you close the gap and there's a multitude of strategies out there that can help you close that gap and the answer is trying to find the one that works for you and it's not going to be the same for everybody it shouldn't be the same for everybody but finding something that that you can relate to that you can be confident in because the worst thing that could happen is, frankly, that you pick a strategy that you don't understand or an advisor sells you a strategy that you don't understand. If you don't understand it, you're not going to stick with it, and that's going to be doubly worse for you. So, you know, but but getting those expenses down against your incomes and knowing what that, you know, kind of difference is, knowing what your shortfall is, if you do that, you are ahead of 90% of the people that are around you because most people just never take the time to do that. And that's where I start every retirement planning relationship is is trying to figure that out because once you figure that out, it's a lot easier to figure out how to close the gap or what your options are and what you need to be looking at moving forward. So so that's that's critical.
0: And who else should be involved in these conversations? I mean, is this... And that's maybe sort of a a question out of love field, but I'm thinking about. I just had somebody on the show talking about talking to your parents about about their finances, and as we get older, but that certainly needs to be part of the part of the overall conversation. But maybe down the road.
1: Well, you know who you talk to. I mean, that is a really difficult question to answer. Frankly, I think that um, you know I think it actually starts with you, really. Nobody's going to educate you for you. You have to seek it out. So either either that or you find somebody that you could true that you truly believe is both knowledgeable and that you could trust beyond a shadow of a doubt to help you do the right things. you know honestly though, that that second that person is is probably pretty hard to find. So you're back to option one, you know educating yourself. you know even any interestingly though, even if you find that somebody that you can trust implicitly, take me as an advisor. You know, I'm biased. I think most people should have an advisor, you know, but probably certainly most people listening to this show should have an advisor, even though they are taking the time to educate themselves. It's still important because educating yourself is still important because sometimes, you know, when the going gets tough, there's going to be times where you need to fall back on that education to find comfort. You know, think of a market downturn. If you've taken the time to learn, you know, what's happened historically in the market, you might be less apt to make a poor emotional decision. And if you don't, but if you don't have that background, your decision is going to be purely emotional, and that's rarely a foundation to work from. So it's a really difficult question to answer. Who should you talk to? You know, The answer is somebody with expertise and somebody that you can trust implicitly, but that's a really difficult thing to find a lot of times. And so you know, certainly asking a friend of, you know, that you find to be um, or that you expect is very financially um, stable and knowledgeable – you know, ask who they go to for for advice. Ask who they talk to, who, who their financial advisor is, if they have one. If they don't, why have they chosen not to? Um, you know, where do they go to get their information? So, it's still starting with somebody that you trust um, and educating yourself. I mean, that's 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 who you're going to have to find. Because I, I would certainly, even though a lot of people find me via the internet, that's not where I would start. I would start with talking with somebody that you know to be financially um, smart and savvy and seems to have it all together who's you know not living beyond their means start there and ask who they use that's what i would do
0: i think that that is well said right there well ashby savage nation is ready for your difference making tip what do you have for them
1: absolutely well so my it's it's really going to be you know kind of along the same theme which is please do not under any circumstances take blanket advice from anybody myself included you know hopefully I don't put too much of that out there but still never take blanket advice you know if there's a theme to what I have to say it's to educate yourself the best the best person to look out for you is you these types of decisions are far too important to ignore you know I I talked before about people do more research when they buy a refrigerator than they do you know when it comes to their finances I get it it can be boring but Eventually, your future is going to be the result of the decisions that you've made to that point. So take the time, educate yourself. Don't listen to the talking heads on TV about doing what they're doing because it's probably not specific to you. Do Take the time, do your research, keep listening to you, George, and other smart people, <laughs> um, and then and then go from there. Well,
0: that is great stuff. That definitely gets a come on. Come on! and indefensive people and refrigerators for one second i mean the technology on those things has changed a lot man, so. <laughs> i know it's an iphone on the front
1: now i, I thankfully i don't have one of this i don't, I don't need to be confused
0: <laughs> Mini space shuttles oh man um savage nation if you enjoyed this as much as i did show ashby your appreciation and share today's show the friend who also appreciates good ideas ashby thank you so much for coming on where can uh where can everybody learn about you
1: uh, certainly most everything I do comes back to my website, which is the retirementfieldguide.com. Uh, so I'd encourage everybody to start there. You, you know, if, if, if it doesn't come through, you can just Google my name, Ashby Daniels. It should be the first thing that comes up. So everything starts and finishes there for me. And, uh, so that, that's good enough.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you again, Ashby.
1: Thanks for having me on George. I really enjoyed it.
0: And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. podcast course and you'll find it there you can just go to the website i'll also list that in the notes of the show what's up savage nation please support the show by subscribing leave us a review and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it come on